But I chose to look at it not as a death sentence. I chose to look at it as my life sentence. All right. And by that, I turned my attitude around. I thought, you know what? Okay, what? If you're going to live within me, you're going to have a hard time hanging in. Uh, hey, today we're going to talk to Kelly Lang. And in order for you to understand who she is and a little bit about her story, I've got to paint a picture for you about a specific moment in her life. She's 36 years old. She's got a very su successful career as a singer songwriter. She's traveling overseas. And of course, when you're traveling, you know the deal. You're lugging all kinds of baggage behind you. And while she's out of the country, she lifts down to pick up one of her suitcases with her left arm and something doesn't feel right. And she starts to notice like there's something that's not right here, but I'm overseas and I'm busy and I've got concerts to do. So it takes her a little while to get back into the United States. When she gets into the States, of course, stuff, stuff doesn't, still doesn't feel right. So she goes to the doctor and asks them to take a look at her left side. And they say, hey, everything's fine. You're good. You're 36 years old. You're in perfect health. Don't worry about it. But she knows something's not right. So she adamantly requests a second follow-up visit. And in this second follow-up visit, when she gets a mammogram, she insists that they look a little bit deeper. And sure enough, she has cancer, breast cancer. Not just has breast cancer, but has had it for quite some time. And it is starting to grow. Now I need you to put yourself in Kelly's shoes for just a moment because when we hear the word cancer, most of us think immediately death. And Kelly's in the prime of her life and young and healthy and now she hears cancer diagnosis. And today what you're going to hear from my guest Kelly Lang is how she handled that cancer diagnosis. She learned something going through that cancer diagnosis that you can learn, and she figured out that there is a role that she plays that is much more powerful than anything medicine can do for her. It's her attitude. I can't wait to introduce you to my guest, Kelly Lang, and her powerful story about how she overcame cancer and became a light for other people going through it as well. Kelly, Thanks for joining us on this episode of Unbeatable. These stories of triumph over adversity will help you handle your toughest days in life. You're listening to Unbeatable with Jeff Strucker. Been looking forward to this for quite some time, Kelly, just because of your incredible story. Um, let's talk about how you got into the music industry. Okay, well, my dad was Conway Twitty's road manager from the time I was one year old until Conway passed away in 93. Wow. And, um, I know if you like country music, that's kind of royalty. Yeah, that's right. You grew up backstage at Conway Twitty concerts. Nice. I did. And I never really thought that was super unusual because I've always known that, you know, and I was born in Oklahoma and Conway decided to move his whole music organization over to Nashville to be more involved with the music industry and it really was beneficial to me in hindsight. I didn't want to move at the time because I had friends there in Oklahoma yeah. and family. But um, in hindsight, it's it's been so incredible to just be dropped right into the heart of what my career would eventually take off to be. And I began doing uh, local things and local television, which led to Star Search and National Now and things yeah. like that. And uh, I was the opening act for most everybody in the music industry for a long stretch 
and it just it just was a fun fun beginning of a, a budding career. Yeah, you got your start in uh, the backstage backstage of Conway Twitty's uh, shows, some of the biggest shows in music at the time, mm-hmm. and then just dropped right in the heart of literally the epicenter of the musical universe. So you've been around a lot of really, really talented people is what you're saying. Yes. And you know what? I, I didn't realize at the time, but I now do. It, it's just, I think God just puts you where you're supposed to be and mm-hmm. you don't even realize it. There's bumpers on you along the way. We try to jump the bumpers sometimes, which I, I did a few times. And, and then you're gently guided back to where you're supposed to have been in the first place. And I love this place in my life now because I can now see the full web that has been woven and really appreciate the doors that were closed and the doors that were opened and see why things didn't kind of turn out like I hoped. And, um, age is, is wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you get that wisdom through some hard experiences along the way, right? Yes. Yes. I certainly learned my share. Yeah. So you said that you didn't always, things didn't always go the way you wanted it to go. Let's talk about how you wanted to see that music career go early on in the days. It's a great question. Um, I, I really looked up to certain musical artists and think, wow, how are they doing that? And I'd like to try that. I mean, for instance, like Barbara Mandrell, I just thought she was amazing she still is amazing uh-huh. and you know played all these instruments and looked so pretty and danced around had her own tv shows and entertainer of the year i thought you know what if she can do that i could do that so and dolly pardon it and you know oh, yeah. the, the list goes on all yeah. of these rock star women and um once i once i really got into the the realization of what it took to become those people i have much higher respect and much more honor for them because it is 24 seven and you got to make sure you don't care what anybody else, you know, really thinks about. It's just hyper focus. And, and my life took a different turn, you know, and, and, uh, I got married really young and had two children and that really, um, halted a lot of the dreams that I had had. Not, not that I intentionally just stopped, but literally my booking agent says, since you got married, I will not book you anymore. And I was like, really? It never dawned on me to go get another agent. <laughs> never, I was just so shocked by that and betrayed feeling, you know, so I just kind of stunted my own growth in a way. But yeah. um, in hindsight, it let me reflect and do more writing and do more things that would actually come to play later on in my life. So no mistakes were really made. It was just um, it was it was just a left turn that uh-huh. I, I wasn't expecting to make. But um, it turned out great. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, um, based on where you are now, Kelly, you've been on stage with some pretty amazing um, artists in the past, um, not just opening up for them, but you've also done a lot of songs with them. Um, I have a little, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you about this ahead of time, but I have this little uh, segment in this podcast that I love to do. And I just like to talk about some things that are really fun for me or okay. some things that I really enjoy. Um, you've done some duets, you've sang some songs with some really, really amazing artists, some guys and gals that I have the greatest respect for. And I was thinking before this interview about my favorite duets of all time. So there are some amazing duets out there that when you put those two voices together, something magical happens. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. So I was thinking, like, if I were to come up with my top five duets of all time, what would those top five duets be? 
And I started going back and thinking about all of those great songs that I've heard in the past. So here's my top five. And I want you to just think while I'm talking, Kelly, if there's one or two duets that you think that's one of the best songs of all time when those two came together. So one of my favorites is uh, an unlikely combination, Sheryl Crow and Kid Rock. When those two collaborated together on the song Picture, man, that was pretty impressive. It was magic, yes, yes. I agree. Um, most people will recognize one of the greatest songs of all time, sung by Ray Charles and, of course, Kermit the Frog. When those two performed <laughs> together on Sesame Street, it was just pure magic. Um, yes. I, I could listen to a duet with just about anybody and Ozzy Osbourne, but one of the best has got to be Lita Ford and Ozzy Osbourne, these two very unlikely voices. I wonder if I've ever heard that. I don't believe I have. Oh, well, you got to go back and just do, do a quick listen to these 80 big, 80s big hair, um, you know, musicians. Oh, I love 80s rock. Yeah. I just, as a matter of fact, I'm recording a, another Old Soul too. It's all 80s rock. It's, it's like the volume nice. two because I just can't get enough of these songs. So uh, number two on my top five of all times would have okay. to be Aretha Franklin doing a song with George Michael. The two oh. kinds that you'd never expect, oh. right? Right. Love that. Love that. But my favorite, um, somebody who you're familiar with is Olivia Newton-John, of course, singing with one of the greatest voices of all time, John Travolta. In oh. Greece. No, I really, really do think those two together. It was just, it was funny to watch John Travolta try to keep, hold his own with Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, she kind of just, she just overshadows she, everything and unintentionally. She's just perfection to yeah. me. So I get it. I totally yep. get it. Olivia, and when you're in the room with them together, it's it's like electrifying, really. It, there's, you cannot, you could cut it with a knife. It's well, unbelievable. Summer Nights with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta, one of my favorite songs of all time. I like your taste in music. Thank you. You've done a duet or two, so tell me one of your favorites that you've done in the past. Well, I have done a duet with Olivia, as a matter of fact. I know that. I'm really proud of that. We, um, we have become really good friends because of our mutual friendship with Barry Gibb, and I've yeah. sung duets with Barry yeah. Gibb before. So I can't, I don't want to choose one over the other, but... Um, yeah, it's just so fun to be able to sing with your friends and and sing. And I sing with my husband. My husband's yeah. a country singer, T.G. Shepherd. And I never thought of myself as a duet singer, um, but, you know, I greatly enjoy it. I'm not the greatest harmonizer in the world, so I'm hoping that they'll always take the lead when yeah. they do. But um, it's, it's just a different dynamic. And a, a funny little side story, T.G. and I started singing more and more often mm -hmm. together on stage like a lot of his fans were like well was kelly getting up and singing and so we worked up a few songs we ended up doing an iconic duet album of all of our favorite uh -huh. classic country songs and we're getting ready to do another one of more broad-based uh, music songs uh, coming up soon but we were telling olivia and she was at the flamingo in, in las vegas mm -hmm. we're telling her we said you know every time we sing we're we mess up like I step on his foot or I get twisted in the mic cord or something. It's just, okay, stop right there. So right on the sidewalk in front of the uh, Flamingo Hotel in Las Vegas, she said, okay, Kelly, you stand there. TG, you stand there. Now, when you sing the verse, you walk past each other, but look at each other in the eye and then hold hand. And I mean, it was just like, oh, total this is priceless. 
Oh my God, we were dying, you know? So anybody that was walking along the sidewalk, they weren't expecting the great Olivia Newton-John to be, <laughs> be doing that, nor were we, you know? And so I, it's just a priceless memory and wonderful advice that we've taken. And I think of her every single time I'm on stage and I, I just... I've learned so much from her just just witnessing how she handles life. But that was that was a priceless moment. Yeah. Somebody who's watching this episode or listening to this podcast, I know you had your cell phone out. So if you've got the video footage of Kelly and TG <laughs> and Olivia Newton-John giving them instructions on how to do a duet right there on the sidewalk in Las Vegas, please upload that footage. And I and, would kill for that because yes. I wasn't it you know it was just it was so organic how it came we were, we were just out walking her dog you know what's <laughs> not something like super planned or anything but I would kill to have that moment on film Kelly I was already a fan now I'm just totally a fanboy that you have that kind of relationship that you can call Olivia by her first name and just call her Olivia when all the rest of us call her Miss Newton John she is precious. She, actually, she wrote the foreword for my new book. Yeah, I know. We're going to talk about that book in just a second because I'm super excited about what you're doing with this book. I'm not going anywhere. So let's talk about how that book got into print by going back a few years. Let's go back to the time that you're 36 and you're traveling and all of a sudden something's not right. Oh my goodness. I was, I was 36 single mother. I had begun dating TG a little while before that, but we weren't like sure where that was even going. And he was having some issues and, and was scared to commit. I was scared. Yeah, it was just a weird time. You get breast cancer and you get things really cleared up, you know? And, and so I remember I wrote this song prior to that about a person that I knew uh, that was watching over her husband's health care. And she kept reassuring him, honey, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. And I could just see him calm down when she mm -hmm. would say that. So I wrote that song. And then several months later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And TG gave me that same comfort. He would, I was, to go in detail, I was bald and green. I never let anybody see me with no makeup or hair or wig or something on. But one day he let himself into my apartment and I was crying for the first time really. Yeah. And I looked awful, looked like a monster. And I was so embarrassed. Jeff. I, I had him, I didn't want him to see me like that. So he wrapped me up in this white terry cloth robe and pulled me down to the ground in my closet. And I said, TG, we're just dating. I'm going to die there. You need to go. Here's your exit out. Yeah. I mean, I think all men would go, okay, see ya, you know, but he kept telling me, he says, Kelly, I love you. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I'm not going anywhere. And I go, I mean. <laughs> That's the moment, right? Right. I mean, you know what? No marriage certificate could have ever bonded right. us any more than that moment. Yeah. And yeah. it's very pivotal for me and, and both of us. And um, so he ended up recording that song with Crystal Gale. It ended up being in a Burt Reynolds movie. And then, you know, it ran its course. 16 years later, Ascension Hospitals um, chose that song. They'd seen me sing it on the Bluebird yeah. um, stage in Nashville and chose that for their Ascension Hospital commercials. So it, it it's a testament to songwriters or any creative people out there that, um, you know, nothing is created in vain. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I really love the fact that so many people, specifically during pandemic, have been reaching out to me, telling me how much that song has meant to them for their loved ones left in yeah. the hospital or nursing home. So that's, that's been lovely. But 
because of the pandemic, I had plenty of times on my hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I decided to clean out our garage. And in the garage, I found notes that I had written uh, to my children and notes about wow. my cancer prognosis yeah. and all of that during that time that I just didn't even remember writing, truthfully. And I found them and I mentioned to my friend, I said, Kim, you know, I'm, just, I'm throwing a bunch of stuff away. And she said, I had a dream you wrote a book last night and it really helped a lot of people. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> she says, why don't you take those notes and write a book? And I'm like, I, I, I bow down to you yeah. who has written many books. Mm -hmm. You know how time consuming that is. And it's, it's cathartic, but it's, I've never done this before. So it was really um, challenging for me. But I do believe it was meant to be because it came together really quickly. I actually enjoyed the process and am now seeing um, a lot of people yeah. being being moved by what I've gone through. And I'm just so grateful for the experience. Yeah, we you just described a moment ago what an incredible man your husband is just to sit there with you on the floor while you're in tears feeling the effects of all of the cancer treatments and feeling like, you know, there's no hope left for me. And he sits right there with you and just let you know, I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, what an incredible man. Kelly, let me tell you about this experience that I had as a pastor performing a wedding ceremony. I met this couple. In fact, I had a chance to work with him, the guy who proposed. He fell in love, found this amazing woman. They were so excited to get married. And they reached out to me and said, Jeff, would you perform the wedding ceremony? And of course, because I was so impressed with these two, their strong faith and their deep relationship with each other, I agreed. We started making plans to do the wedding ceremony. And then she was diagnosed with stage or cancer. They were a couple of months away from the wedding date. We had already kind of booked the venue and I had already placed it on my calendar and she was already buying the dress when she started to go through the cancer treatments, when they started to identify just how advanced this cancer was. And she learned while she's still engaged that this cancer is terminal you are not going to survive. And in fact, you probably won't make it through the next year. What I witnessed watching this man blew me away. And this story that you just told, Kelly, about your husband really reminded me about this man because, of course, he's broken over this cancer diagnosis. She's heartbroken because they have their entire marriage and their future in front of them. And he comes to me and says, Jeff, would you be willing to move the wedding date up? I want to marry her right away. She told him, don't marry me. I'm going to die. I want you to go away and find somebody else. And he said, you are as beautiful to me right now as you were the moment before you were diagnosed with cancer. I love you as much right now as I did the moment that I gave you that ring and I'm not going anywhere. I want you to marry me. I dropped everything, Kelly, and moved up the wedding date. I performed what was probably the saddest 
and the most beautiful wedding ceremony I have ever seen in my life, watching this man pour his love out to this woman, watching her pour her love out to him, both of them knowing that there were only a few months left. But the few months that they did have together, and spoiler alert, she did pass, and not long after their wedding, but the few months that they had together was absolutely beautiful. What I just heard in your story reminded me, your husband, TG, just reminded me of this man and his courageous love to say, if it is for 50 years or if it's only for five months, I'm going to give you all of my heart. You found the kind of man, Kelly, that's not going anywhere, just like this guy I had the privilege of watching perform or performing this wedding ceremony for many years ago. Wow, what an amazing guy. Let's talk about the cancer treatments because you you went through it all um, from radiation to chemotherapy and all of the pain and all of the difficulties. And certainly along the way, you had those moments where you were thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it and don't know if you know what the long term looks like. So why don't you tell people that are struggling with health related things right now, what this felt like while you were right there in the middle of it, going through all of that terrible, painful, sometimes excruciating treatments? Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I had chosen to block it out for quite some time. So when I opened up these notes, it just hit me like a brick, really, what I had gone through. I'm the type of person that's just like, oh, this is too much for me. Skip past it as fast as possible uh -huh. and move on, you know. But to relive it again, in my, and I go in very, very descriptive detail, it's almost like the reader is in the room with me when I'm hearing all these things from the doctor. Um, it is, um, it's one of the scary, well, it is the scariest mm -hmm. word most people hear yeah. in their life. And you think, oh, I'm going to die. And even my doctor, I, I ended up firing her, which I learned a lot about <laughs> doing that. <laughs> she said, uh, I said, I wish you could have made it to my, my 40th birthday party. I, it was the staying alive birthday party. Yeah. It was seventies music theme. She goes, Oh, I said, I didn't even know I could even be alive mm -hmm. at my 40th birthday. This is a thrill. And she goes, oh, I knew I could keep you alive to 40. It's after that that I'm uh, iffy what? on. And you know, so with a cancer diagnosis, you're really, what I've been told, you're never cured of it. It's never gone completely. It's always either looming in the back of your brain or it's just a dormant cell. Mm -hmm. So you live with that knowledge. But I chose to look at it not as a death sentence. I chose to look at it as my life sentence. All right. And by that, I turned my attitude around. I thought, you know what? Okay, what? If you're going to live within me, you're going to have a hard time hanging in right. because I'm going to live bold and big and appreciative. And, oh, my gosh, Jeff, I looked at everything so much more um, lovely. Like the grass is greener. The sky is bluer. And it's not just, just a... a, a silly thing I say. It's truly the way I live. I burn the good candles now. I use the good china. I don't wait for a special right. occasion because every day is a special occasion. Yeah, every day really is a gift. And uh, you, cancer, people don't usually refer to the word cancer as a gift, but it's if it's causing you to see the sky is bluer today than it was yesterday, and the grass really is greener, and I just didn't notice it, then maybe there is a a gift, a little silver lining at the end of this it, dark cloud. I'm not kidding. And, and you know, everybody's going to have something, whether it be, you know, an addiction or an issue with a 
you know, messed up bones or, yeah. you know, there's somebody's got something. Everybody is hiding a scar of some sort. The beauty in that is going, yeah, I have a scar, but it's not going to define me. I have cancer. It's not going to define me. It's not, when I say um, I had cancer, I don't call it my cancer. It does not define me. And I would like to get that point across to people that you you are not stuck in this situation. Yes, some people have a different outcome, but the doctor told me um, that they can tell who will really survive this when they walk in the door with their attitude. Really? So, yes. So I took that as a personal challenge yeah. to go, okay, what's this? You know, and um, I, I have said this before that I'm really grateful that I had my challenge so young in life because it's now given me this wonderful perspective for the rest of my yeah. life. If I'm going to be hit with something, I'd rather know it early, you know, yeah. and to be able to hit it head on. Well, this podcast is dedicated to helping people realize that attitude really does make all of the difference. 100%. I don't and know Olivia, that. Olivia says the same. Yeah. She will not let anyone speak anything negative over her. And I've learned so much on the healing and living with a terrible prognosis with keeping it calm around you. Right. I don't let any drama into my world. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I, I'm thinking, I don't know anybody until I've talked to you, Kelly, that would use attitude as a treatment for cancer, but you learn from your doctors that, Hey, there's so much that medicine can do for you, but there is a lot that your attitude is going to um, do in this diagnosis. And we can't, medical doctors can't do that for you. This is something that you're going to have to reach deep down inside and face it head on. There's another point that I would like to make too, is that when I was, um, I felt a lump under my left side yeah. and I was proactive. I went to go get a diagnostic mammogram, but it did not show up on the mammogram. Mm -hmm. It did not even show up on the ultrasound, but I saw, I saw and I felt something different inside me. So I listened to my intuition and I asked the, the technician if she would please allow me to push her wand in a little further. She wasn't happy about that, but I did. <laughs> You're like, let me have that wand and show you what you need I to know. do here. So my, my point is, we all know ourselves a little bit better than, than even a doctor right, yeah. would. We have the, that gift. And I listened to that, that gut instinct a lot during that process. And lo and behold, it was cancer. It had spread. A doctor had already dismissed it eight months earlier. So my point is, um, be your own advocate and be very mindful of what your body is telling you because we know ourselves. We know when something's not quite right. Yeah. As a 36 year old woman, most ladies are not going to think, Hey, I need to go get this checked out. But had you not went back, got a second uh, mammogram, even took it a little bit further and made sure that they checked deep enough, you wouldn't have got that diagnosis. I wouldn't be alive today. Yeah. I know that. You and Olivia Newton-John share this cancer treatment and the way that you've handled it. Both of you have handled it beautifully. So you two collaborated together. Let's talk about the book. I'm not going anywhere. Well, I just think it is, it, it was just such a, um, <laughs> once I, I, I don't know if you're like, like this, but once I write a book, I'm like, I'll never do that yeah, again. Yeah, that's right. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> but, um, I feel that it is, has been helpful, not only to me to get it out and just go, Oh, okay. And it's kind of like tying a bow on something. And now, you know, it's complete. Um, 
but I have learned so much from that experience. I will probably be writing more. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't even realize that was a skill that I, I would enjoy. And I've never really been that burning desire. I've got to write a book before I go, you know, kind of person, yeah. but um, I can see that being something for my future and in a totally different realm perhaps. But um, the fact that it is out, it came out October the 9th, Governor Huckabee on Huckabee show uh, allowed me to debut that on his show, which was wow. Yeah. I mean, some of some really famous writers would give everything for that opportunity. And I'm just so grateful that he allowed me to do that. It's doing really, really well. And um, it, it basically charts my life as a, a country singer to begin with mm-hmm. uh, some bad choices that I made marrying too young or, you know, I, I ended up finding my way, obviously. But um, in the middle of the book, it's kind of an arc. In the middle of the book, it talks about the breast cancer, but the rest of the book talks about how to live. That's even right. Though. Yeah. And um, my favorite part about the book is that after each chapter, there's a QR code. And if you scan that code with your camera on your phone, you can, um, it takes you instantly to videos that correlate with the chapters. Yeah. In one video, I was t- or one chapter, I was talking about my experience on Ed McMahon's Star Search, and when you click on the QR code, it takes you back to when I'm 18 years old on stage with Ed McMahon doing my thing, you know. But um, and then there's some more serious videos in there, and then there's some more career-oriented yeah. uh, videos. But it's it's all very interactive, so I'm really yeah. proud of that. Well, obviously, you have the kind of friendship with Olivia Newton-John that she would be willing to write the forward for this. But she's gone through the same thing, and she went through it a few years ago. So you two collectively can really write from experience for other ladies that are going through this. Well, that's how we bonded. I met her actually when I was six years old at a Conway, uh, or actually Conway allowed me to meet her at a show that she did in Oklahoma. And then, um, of course, fast forward many years later, um, we connected through Barry Gibb mm-hmm. and instantly, I mean, it was just like almost like a sisterhood was bonded when she found out that I had had cancer and um, we just, we never parted ways. It's been a good 12, 13 years now. And, you know, she's sincerely such a kind person. When when my husband and I both got COVID, she and her husband called every single day, really? sometimes three times a day checking on me, sending me medicine. And, you know, she's just such a giver and yeah. such a lover of, of people and wants everybody around her to be safe. And, and if people really knew how caring she was, they would really be happy. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's different about your book, there are others that have gone through cancer. They've kind of gone through it well and have written about it. And honestly, we need their books just so that when people are struggling physically, like maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're struggling with a physical illness. Maybe you've got the long version of COVID and you're really, really wrestling with it. Um, there are others that have written books, Kelly, and their books kind of detail what this was like and, and the attitude through it and how they got through it. But your book is a little bit different because you give just some common sense tips. Mm-hmm. Um, why was that important to include in your book instead of just laying out your music career, the cancer and who you are and what you're doing today? Because there's a bigger mission at hand. I really feel that God led me to read this or to write this book and to write the song. And just because I have a performer's background doesn't mean that I was necessarily looking for fame or any type of um, adulation because of this yeah. book or adoration or anyway. Um, I just 
I felt like there was a mission behind this, and the mission is to help other people see light. I promised God that if he would allow me to get through this terrible situation, that I would do whatever I could to be that light for someone else, because I didn't have anybody in my age to really talk with. I really didn't. Wow. I, I felt very yeah. alone. Yeah. And um, I know there were help groups out there, but that made me even more sad. You know, I needed light. I needed somebody to focus on the happy and the good things. And I know that sounds kind of naive or, or childlike to be that way, but I need, I didn't want to be around other people going through such a dark time and go, Oh, it's going to be awful. Bring me to the, the you right. know, sunshine. Yeah. So I, I want to be that sunshine for somebody and to know that it's, it's possible. If I'm such a weakling, if I can get through this, anybody can get through this really. And these tips that I've learned along the way, even if you didn't have cancer, even if you're just struggling when in a family situation, they're just good tips. For instance, my friend, Scott Hamilton, the ice skater, yeah. um, he said to me, um, he says, Kelly, uh, when somebody's being ugly to you, we, we were at a place that this man wouldn't let us bring our Starbucks on a van one day. And I said, I just paid $20 for uh -huh. my Danish and my coffee. I'm so mad. This guy is such a jerk. And he goes, Kelly, I wouldn't want to be him. And I thought, that's changed my life. Yeah. I mean, it's just like just that switch of that. Cause you don't know what the, the guy in the van's uh, yeah, going through, yeah. you know, so little things like that. I've, I've dropped little things I've learned along the way and they really they have nothing to do with cancer, but it's just helped me. It's bumpers for me and, and possibly somebody else. Yeah. So the book is designed to be just a little bit of light. I, I'm fascinated that you use the word light. I think it's a great way of describing this just to be a little bit of light to people that are going through some pretty dark stuff right now. Yeah, it's dark all around. And, and if we choose to be light in this dark, dark world, we'll stand out even further. Yeah. And let's just be honest, for those of you who are listening right now, one of the most dark places that you'll get is when you're struggling, going through some difficult times, and you feel like you're alone. That's when it gets really, really dark. Mm. Well, I want to tell you what you're hearing from Kelly right now. Don't go through those difficult times by yourself. She was looking for somebody who could help be there for her, cheer her up and give her something to look forward to. And I, I want to tell you, get her book. Um, it's the Christmas season. It's the perfect time for you to go out and buy a book for somebody that you know that's struggling a little bit. And this book will be just a little bit of light to somebody who's going through some really dark times right now. So go out there and grab that book. It's entitled, I'm Not Going Anywhere. Um, it's pretty much sold everywhere, right, Kelly? It's on Amazon. There's Kindle version. There's a hardback and paperback on Amazon. Yeah. But if you're like me, I like to physically hold a book. And on my website, kellylang.net, you can order either the hardback or the paperback on there and it will come autographed. And you can you can tell me who you would like for me to sign that to via the order, but um, I, I just think it's a, a good all-around gift for someone who's looking to lift someone up. Yeah, so go out there, not just buy the book, Go just go straight to Kelly's website, kellylang.net, and buy it and have it personalized for somebody that you know, and maybe that book will be the little bit of light that they need when they're struggling and going through some dark times. Thank you for telling me that, because it's, it's it's my goal. It's my mission. It's not to, to elevate my, my uh, career in any way. It's just part of my story and I'm hoping that it will help people. Yeah, Kelly, I have been looking forward to interviewing you just because of the way that you have approached difficulties. And now you're trying to help other people approach difficulties when life gets hard and it gets hard for all of us. 
and life knocks you down a little bit. Some people are just going to stay there and wallow in it. And you mm-hmm. decided, I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to let it defeat me. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to be undefeatable. I'm going to figure out how to make it through this. <laughs> and I kind of want to just ask you, if you were to, if we were to wrap up what people have heard from you today, what was, what one piece of advice would you give to somebody who's right now going through some tough stuff? Maybe it's a marriage or maybe it's finances. It's not, it, maybe it's health, but maybe it's not. Maybe they're going through some tough stuff in one other area. What's one thing that you would give them as a piece of advice to hang on to when this episode's over? I believe in God. And if it weren't for him, I would not be here today. The thought that I would, I'm never alone because I can talk to him through everything. And if I'm quiet, he will give me the answer to what I'm looking for. And that is my, my personal way of handling things on a lighter level. I suggest going to look at a comedy pick up something that's funny, read a stupid joke every day, you know? And I I think if you can keep it light, um, you know, we're, we're spirit, mind and and body kind Mm -hmm. of thing. We, we need to, we need to make sure we nurture all aspects of our life. And, and if it's a difficult marriage kind of thing, I understand that's, that can be really, really a strain, especially being stuck in a house with somebody that you're fighting with. Um, but try to find a way to, to find some humor in your life every day and, and just pray, just really pray and believe that it will happen. Yeah. Hey, Kelly, thanks so much for being part of this episode. If people want to find out more about you, how can they get more information about you, about your music career, about the book? I'm not going anywhere. Well, please come to kellylang.net. There's everything there, more that you'll, you won't even want to know all that's on there. (laughs) um, You can find out where we're going to be performing or speaking. I'm doing some speaking engagements coming up soon. And uh, I just would love to connect with you. There's places where you can write notes to us and and, uh, we'll try to to engage with that. And I'm really active on social media on all platforms. So I I would love to hear from everyone you got in your listening room. Well, thanks, Kelly. Thank you for being part of this episode. And thank you for helping other people be unbeatable. Thank you. Hey, as you just heard from Kelly, all of us will go through some difficult times. Those difficult times are going to leave a scar. Kelly went through a bad marriage and it left some scars. She went through a health crisis. It left some scars. She's had some ups and she's had some downs just like I have. And so have you. And those downs have left scars. I found that a lot of people in life are running away from the difficult circumstances because they're trying to avoid the scars. And maybe one of the things that you can learn from Kelly today is there are some circumstances that you can't run from. You are going to have to face them and those challenges are going to leave some scars. So let's just be honest for a second. Scars are the result of wounds and wounds hurt. So when you go through those difficult times, because there's no way to go around them, you are going to have to go through them. When you go through those difficult times, you have a choice to make. Are you going to learn from them? Are you going to grow because of the difficult times that you've gone through? Or are you going to let those difficult times define you and overwhelm you? I think one of the most powerful things that I heard from Kelly today, and I hope that you're going to take this with you when this episode ends, is that you don't have to let your scars define you. 
let's say that you had surgery and there are some physical scars there that are going to stay for the rest of your life. You don't have to let those scars define who you are. There is more to you than just the scars. Let's say for you, it wasn't physical. Maybe for you, it was emotional or financial or relational and you got some big scars and now you're a little bit hesitant to get back into the financial arena or dive deep into relationships because you got some scars there. If you hold yourself back, you're allowing those scars to define you. So please learn this lesson from Kelly Lang today. Don't let your scars define you. Be the kind of unbeatable person that decides I am going to get up and I'm going to face the challenges all over again tomorrow. Even though I've got some hurts in my past, I'm not going to allow those past hurts to hold me back today. I'm not gonna allow them to define who I am tomorrow. The only way to make sure that those scars don't define you is to decide that you are going to live the unbeatable life. That's why this podcast exists, to give you just some practical lessons from people that have gone through some tough stuff. And you already heard it from Kelly. If she can handle it, because she calls herself a bit of a wimp, if she can handle it, well, surely you can handle it. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us in this episode. I'm going to challenge you. If you haven't already done it, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media? You can find us pretty much anywhere. Just search for at Unbeatable Podcast. And by the way, I'm trying to build an unbeatable army. Just a list of guys and gals that are committed to facing their challenges and not letting their scars define them. And if you want to become part of the Unbeatable Army, you can sign up at unbeatablearmy.com. Thanks for joining us. Don't let those scars define you. See you right back here next week.